Digital Marketing Radio, episode 107. How is conversion optimization evolving in 2015? DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The big interview with David Bain I'm joined today by Matt Dyer. Matt, welcome to DMR. Thank you for having me today, today, David. How are you doing? I'm I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Had a few audio challenges earlier on, but um, hopefully we're just about uh, past them. <laughs> well, when you've got the world's best uh, audio tracks leading into your show, you're bound to have some challenges. <laughs> well, I was about to take your your clip of what you said there, but um, perhaps I, I, I and use it as a as a promo. But maybe I can't actually um, with that little bit at the end there. But oh, <laughs> well, a little bit about Matt. Matt is the founder at uh, a company called Payboard, where he helps customers generate more business value from their existing website. Uh, so you can find him over at Payboard dot com. Um, so Matt, so how would you actually define conversion optimization? Yeah, so if you think of it, uh, a website really has two jobs. The first job is is getting people to visit the website. And the second job is to get them to convert, to, to conduct some business transaction. Um, that might be a sign up. It might be a sale. It might just be reading some content or downloading some content. Conversion optimization is trying to get as many of your visitors to take action as possible on your website. Okay, so as many as possible to take action. Um, so that sounds like something that um, hasn't changed for a while. Is that the case or has conversion optimization actually changed a lot over the last few years? Well, I think conversion optimization is becoming more important. Maybe uh, you could compensate for bad conversion rates uh, by buying more traffic historically. But as the competition for traffic heats up and there's more people really vying for that attention and that uh, that visit, then conversion optimization is taking more of a center stage role. And I think companies are just increasing their, their focus on it. Um, and I shouldn't say that a lot of companies are, there's still a lot of companies that we work with that have not optimized their site at all. They still focus on traffic acquisition, hundred percent, knowing that a majority of the visitors are going to fail out but also knowing that it's harder to improve conversion rates than it is to just buy more traffic. So I think it has, uh, it is, it has been a long struggle of getting conversion optimization uh, improvements, but I think what's really changing recently is the requirement to invest in conversion optimization as that traffic just gets harder to buy. Okay, and you also mentioned calls to action there. Um, what are you seeing in terms of trends in calls to action that are most effective at the moment? Is it the case, for example, that um, the majority of businesses are still trying to get that sale as soon as someone actually lands on a website? Um, is it more appropriate now to actually build someone up towards that and perhaps actually drive someone through an autoresponder in an email list? Or does it simply uh, depend on the industry itself? Yeah, I think I think that the thing people are definitely focusing more on on calls to action, and you're seeing this. We'll you know probably talk in greater detail about this, but there's a lot of focus on how do we generate the best call to action on a particular web page. Um, what I what I'm really interested in, and what I think uh, the the industry is moving, online marketing is moving to, 
is, is that customer journey call to action? So not just saying, well, when somebody visits the site, we're going to ask everybody to sign up for our newsletter, for example, um, because for half the visitors, to you know, the first time to digitalmarketingradio.com, if you ask them to sign up for your newsletter, they'll think that you're just trying to, you know, grab email addresses. You're not actually trying to deliver value. Whereas the right journey for your site or really anybody else's probably has a bit of, you know, the start is more about engagement, uh, building trust, delivering value. And then once you've built that trust and delivered that value, the, the right call to action might be um, a request to sign up. So I think it's this notion of guiding customers through a journey, through a set of different calls to action that are adaptive to their needs and really desirable to them. Uh, that is interesting and evolving and, and happening right now. Okay, so you, you also mentioned there that um, it may not be appropriate um, to actually drive people towards a newsletter subscription even initially. Um, so if that's the case and you're expecting a customer or a website visitor to actually come back and visit your site before making that kind of um, action um, on your website to actually give their email address, um, how do you ensure that you're tracking um, the visitors correctly? Because visitors can come to your site via mobile phone, desktop, tablet. Um, they could perhaps be using a, a private browser of some sort, perhaps incognito Chrome. Um, so is it possible to really effectively know that it is a visitor uh, coming back for the second time? And if so, how do you do that? Well, that is a fascinating question. So there's, there's really two different... Um, you know, ways to do this is the first is, is cookies based. And I think that that's uh, what most people are doing is, is they'll track a visitor. And if they come back, um, this is how Google analytics, Mixpanel and Kissmetrics primarily work. Hmm. Um, and then you can also do it through authentication. If people are, are signing in um, that has challenges that, you know, for most companies, most of their traffic is not authenticated, but you know, if, if you do have authenticated traffic, whether through a paywall or you're a, a software as a service company, then you can actually associate, you know, the, the activity as soon as they sign up. Um, there are some companies that are focusing on, you know, fingerprinting people so that they can identify that, you know, you anonymously on one device versus you anonymously on another device and, and figure that out. But I still think that that's, um, that's not required. That's not the core what we look at and, you know, the big trends that we see is that although you'll have some people that will be shopping, um, you know, they'll first, you know, evaluate on a mobile phone and then they'll come back on a desktop. And, you know, that you could imagine this really complex scenario where you can stitch those identities together. But what's most interesting is you can see these journeys on a single device. And I think that's how a lot of people still buy today, whether it's, you know, uh, buy on an e-commerce site or sign up for a trial it's still primarily a, uh, a single device interaction. So you may lose out on some visibility if they click an ad on a mobile device, come to your blog, and then read some great content and go back to their desktop. But the more important scenario is, how are you helping people during that one bite you've got at the Apple? For most people, they're gonna see your site one time and then they're gonna leave forever. Like a violent majority of people, that's the case. So you really wanna optimize to say, how can I deliver as much value to that person during that session as possible so that they take some action that's helpful to them and helpful to my business? Like, let me dive down uh, really quick here how this might work on mobile. A lot of people say, well, we can't convert on mobile. Uh, like, let's say we're a software as a service company. 
Um, we can't get people to trial our software on mobile. So we know that the only thing we can do is get them to come back later on uh, on a desktop. Well, the reality is, is for that mobile traffic, it's probably smarter to set up a different goal. So yeah, you're not gonna get somebody to trial some complex piece of software uh, on a mobile device, but you could get them to maybe follow you on Twitter. You could get them to you know read five blog posts or watch a video. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do that are short of your desktop goal or your core business goal, but that are a very meaningful and uh, actionable goal that you can have for mobile traffic. You mentioned a couple of different aspects of uh, conversion optimization there. You, you talked about um, customer journey optimization and um, probably optimization focused more on, on a single page there as well. Um, and also indicated, I guess, that uh, it's more about the overall journey. Um, so, I mean, Talking about the overall journey, um, taking a small, say, e-commerce store, store as an example, um, because I guess they're really focused on customer journey throughout that um, potential purchase process. What are some of the f biggest mistakes that you maybe see businesses making in that kind of scenario? And um, can you give some tips regarding things that you can actually improve? Yeah, that, the, that is a great set of questions. I think the biggest mistake uh, that people have is, is thinking that customers come to their homepage uh, and that everybody pretty much is on the same sheet of music on their site. And I think there's some really interesting things that we look at. You know, we, we track for uh, dozens of companies just how these journeys evolve. And we can see that most people on most of our customers' websites do not enter the site through the homepage. They come in through various blog pages deep within the site. And so we as, as website operators or business owners think everybody already knows kind of what we do, why we're different, why we're awesome. So we just need to show them, you know, the product. If they're on the product page, that's what they came for. And one of the things we can really uh, educate folks on is they really don't know anything about you. If they come on to a deep internal page, whether that's, you know, maybe a podcast page for di digital marketing radio, or maybe that's uh, for crown bees, it's an internal uh, different B product. They have no idea what your business is. And so one of the things that we often recommend is that people should more prominently encourage people to visit, you know, visitors to visit their, their homepage to really understand what the business is all about. And so I think this notion that you don't have, uh, it's not a store with a big front door where people come in and they have this kind of consistent experience throughout. People are coming into your store from all different portals, back doors, side doors, windows, and you have to really focus on how do you get each of those customers to feel comfortable, uh, to understand what your business is and how it relates to them and what value they can expect to get from your business. Um, I think one other aspect that I find really interesting is just referrers. Referrers are awesome in terms of, uh, you know, the web letting you know where folks come from. And one of the trends that you'll see is that some of your best converting traffic comes from particular referrers. And then conversely, some of your worst converting traffic where you're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm getting all this great traffic from, you know, some other website and it never converts. And I think that if you're not looking at your refer data in addition to your you know, landing page data, really in combination, uh, you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table to figure out where should you be investing your time and what activities actually pay off in terms of um, guest blogging or you know, 
making a shared video with somebody and really investing your time and energy in those refers that actually deliver you quality traffic that's going to convert. I think those are two imperative points there to actually uh, re-emphasize that you've just made there. Um, what we just said there about referrers there, you know, because um, you can easily jump up and down and glee the fact that you've got a thousand visits in a day from a particular source. But of course, if it's not converting effectively, what's the point? Um, you're probably just um, wasting bandwidth in your server doing that. Yeah. Um, look what's uh, referring you 10 visits per day that happens to be converting a couple of times um, for all of those 10 visits and try and do as much as you can to actually increase the traffic from that kind of source and similar sources to the, the, the traffic sources that do convert. And, and in relation to what you were saying about your, your landing pages, you know, really, really important as well. Have a look into your analytics, see which pages are your landing pages and check out um, from a new customer's perspective what that page looks like. You know, what's the call to action? Is it obvious what you do as a business based upon that landing page? Because customers might not have a clue of what you do from a business. It might be a great blog article, but perhaps someone will just read it and then go off in their <laughs> merry way and not even consider what you do as a business. Yes, uh, disconnected blog posts are, are one of the, uh, the, the easy, low-hanging fruit that pretty much anybody can go out and find. It's just you know, a web page that has a lot of traffic coming into it, no conversions. Um, it, you know, sometimes you'll go to it and you'll just you know, like cringe as you look at it. Uh, there's one picture I think of in particular that I, I use sometimes. It's uh, a great cooking site, but the picture they took that's like at the top, it's still there. We haven't gotten them to change it yet. Maybe we never will. Uh, but it's, it just doesn't look good. And then you scroll down a little and it's actually, it's a great article. I would actually love to eat the dish, uh, except for the one picture that they've put at the very top. So, uh, you know, even just going and visiting some of these pages that you're like, why is this page getting a lot of traffic and not generating any conversions? A lot of times it's intuitive. Uh, sometimes you might need to get some external feedback from people that aren't as inside your own uh, head as you are about about your space, and that's where uh, you know you can ask some some friends or something to to give you some feedback on a page, or ask some people you know just do a cafe usability study and just say hey you know can you check out this page and and just see how they respond to it. But a lot of times it really is self evident that you're like yeah there's no way to actually that a, a a new visitor would want to engage further from this page so then you can take action and fix it. Absolutely, yeah. So say you're working in a big marketing department. Um, you've got maybe some offline marketers there as well, some people that focus on online in, in different departments. Um, do you think everyone should be aware of conversion optimization or is it something that can sit by itself and work quite effectively just as a silo department? Uh, maybe one of the reasons why we love smaller customers is that is, a, that is the million dollar question. Um, as you get into bigger departments, the definition a lot of times of what a conversion is even changes. And you might have, if you have VP product, VP marketing, uh, maybe even a, a, a chief revenue officer, they all may have different perspectives of what that conversion means. Is it a sign up? Is it a trial download? Is it a purchase? Um, so I think that it's good to get everybody aligned so that everybody understands and can agree on, on what is the conversion strategy like what's your dominant goal for your website um as an individual practitioner that's not as easy as you'd think to to get everybody to agree um as you'd hope 
And, and that's where, you know, I, I find that a lot of times big companies end up with this siloed approach where you'll maybe have some pages that are optimized for a certain goal, some pages that are optimized for a different goal. Um, and, and those teams don't really collaborate or coordinate amongst each other. They've just kind of got two, two fiefdoms um, that they've agreed upon. But if you could get that leader to come in and really establish, hey, this is what we want to do with you know our website this is the primary business goal um, we can have other secondary goals but as long as everybody agrees what that primary one is um, i think the the website itself can be so much more effective and the team as a whole can be so much more effective at driving visitors to that goal uh, than if you you know really are isolated and everybody's got their own version or own definition of what a successful visit is all about so because of that would you actually say that's in some cases, smaller companies, more agile companies have an advantage over bigger companies. You can say that. No, I, I, I 100% <laughs> believe that. And, and that's really where we focus, too, is, is on the people, on, on decision makers. Um, at the bigger a company gets, the more it's about policy. And, you know, it's almost strategic consulting when we go into a really big um, company and try and help them because it's, it's about them working out what their goals are. Whereas when you go into, you know, maybe some single person marketing shop or, you know, the best is when some agency has been hired to optimize a website because they are, they are the decider, right? They just make the decision of, yeah, we have to drive more downloads. Like that's what I'm getting paid to do is to drive downloads. You help me do that. That kind of clarity around what goal they're trying to drive is so important to conversion optimization. You really can't do conversion optimization until you have that clear goal. Um, it's one of them where kind of on our product roadmap, uh, we dream of a day and we'll get there some someday of being able to, to have these multiple competing goals where you can do some risk adjusted odds of, OK, there's a one in a thousand chance for the hundred dollar goal and one on a hundred chance for a ten dollar goal. Which one are we going to send them to? Uh, but for today, it's just much easier to find a company that has one clear goal that they're trying to drive people to on their website. And that's not to say that all businesses have multiple goals. So it's not to say the business doesn't have uh, multiple goals. It's just that you cannot torture your your visitors by exposing your entire business to them. And that's you know one of the things you see if you go to a website. Oftentimes you'll see it's more of a you know design by committee. It's kind of well we've got this department and that department and that objective and this initiative, as opposed to thinking hey what's the website that we could present to a visitor that would make them totally want to do what we want them to do, right? So we want them to sign up. That's the thing that we want them to do. Now reverse engineer the entire website so that it supports that goal. And if you have all these cool, creative things that you've done that would never make somebody want to sign up, just put them somewhere else on your personal blog or something. But I think once you get that clear goal about what are you trying to accomplish with your website? Uh, then you can really start putting conversion optimization to work for you. We want dictatorships in business. That's what Dang we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? I am a big fan of Twitter. I absolutely love it. Um, I think, you know, it's it's not a product per se, um, 
but it is it is the world's greatest learning device. It is the world maybe world's greatest is a little bit of a stretch, but you can use it to learn. Um, it's a great experimentation platform. You can you can test out new ideas. Um, it's a great way to meet with people and you know find out interesting things. I just love Twitter uh, in every way. And um, so what software do you use to manage Twitter? Do you use anything like Hootsuite or do you just actually use Twitter, Twitter natively? Yeah, I, I have a number of different tools. Um, one is Zootrock that I'm trying out right now, uh, Z-O-O-T-R-O-C-K. Um, and that one lets you schedule tweets and then bring other people's tweets into your stream. Um, I use Buffer big fan of buffer. Uh, but I'd say majority of my time is really in, you know, the Twitter application itself. I've tried Hootsuite, but I never found, um, I never found that it was necessary for me, uh, to use it. It just seemed like another, uh, service in between me and Twitter. So I don't, I don't use it very much. I, I play around with it every once in a while to see if there's something new I've missed, but, uh, have not found it yet. And you play around with other social networks like Facebook as well. Was it just Twitter that has your focus? I need to play with Facebook more. I always find that I get distracted by uh, social things on, on, and, and so the other one is YouTube. I know I need to do more work on YouTube. I, I have a ton of videos up on YouTube and I love it every time, but I insist on wasting five minutes watching some horrible video that YouTube recommends to me every time. And I, I, I maybe somebody should invent that. Like the YouTube, that's the no goof around YouTube that says, I'm not going to show you some, uh, you know, video that's a total waste of time and make you watch it. That's my own weakness. Okay, well, a slightly more challenging question. Uh What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? You know, I think that um, Marketo would be something that I have never played with and I always feel guilty that I haven't uh, really immersed myself in that universe because I I think they really are thought leaders in in terms of the marketing automation universe. so even though, you know, the, the customers that we target tend to be, I'd say, too small for, to really benefit from Marketo, um, I think I could personally benefit from just seeing what they enable people to do. Um, you know, and I've, I've played around with Marketo a little bit, but it's, it's a somewhat daunting task, uh, you know, in, in terms of it just, you, I think you need to commit a weekend to it or maybe maybe more. Uh, but that's something that's on my radar to, to really dig into the guts of Marketo and, and uh, just understand where one of the thought leaders in the industry is going. Okay, well, includes links to all of your recommendations in the episode show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, boy. So um, I, you know was a patent attorney of all crazy things a long time ago. And I was like, I want to build my own startup. Uh, so what I did back, you know, this is 1999. Um, I did what all good entrepreneurs do. I taught myself to code. I locked myself in the basement for about a year and uh, just wrote code furiously. And I never listened to my customers when, when they would say something was confusing or, you know, I didn't get what the value was. I would just assume it was a problem with them. And uh, I think the real job of a marketer is to understand, you know, what customers want and how the ideas that you have, the vision you has, uh, you have, and the story you have connects to them. 
right? It's not about getting them to understand what you're doing. It's about bringing yourself to, to their conversation that they're already having. And I think that that's the biggest lesson that I learned is it's less about getting people to follow you and more about understanding your customers' needs and wants and being able to make your software or service as accessible and interesting to them as possible. That's a great piece of advice. And, um, I guess the longer that you stay working in the same business, it makes it even harder for you to have the perspective of, of what a new customer sees who, <laughs> because you've seen your website so many times. Well, this is why it's always fun to, uh, to get other people to look at your problems, you know, in terms of, or you know, just your, I shouldn't even say your problems, just even things that are working great. You almost invariably can get really neat insights from somebody who has no idea what's going on uh, with your business. Because that's exactly what 90%, well, even say 99% of the world is going to experience with your business the first time is they don't know what you do. They don't know why you do it. And uh, yeah, I think always taking that new user perspective is really helpful. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions and uh -oh. just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So ready to go? Ready. Email or Twitter. Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display advertising. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-on-one -on -one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. <laughs> Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. Yay! Not one, both, and race through them. Uh, I think yeah. the only one that surprised me is Google Plus, actually. Are you, are you actively on Google Plus at the moment? No, but I'll tell you, it's because I believe that Google cheats in its own favor. So Google <laughs> Plus is a necessary, uh, you know, if you're into SEO, I think you're just, you're, you're losing out. So we do a little bit of publishing, you know, it's basically when we post, it goes to Google Plus. Um, but that's another area that I, I would love to invest more time. The $10,000 question. So, Matt, if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would love to spend that on Twitter ads. So if you can make that happen, uh, <laughs> that would be wonderful. And I think really the goal would be to figure out the right, uh, you know, the right recipe for, for Twitter advertising. I just think it's a great advertising platform. You've got tons of knobs on it. Um, how you'd measure success would just be, are you spending more money? Uh, are you getting more money than you're spending? Because Twitter ads, there's, there's a couple of options there. Well, um, I, I think there's the, with the, there's with the promoted tweets, of course. There's the apps that you can display within there as well, and, and also the retargeting as well. Yeah. Is there any specific one that you'd start off with? Well, so I've I've played around with the cards a little bit. I don't know if you've uh, if you've used those. I've, I'm aware of that. I haven't tested it though. Well, so here's one. I, I wrote a blog post about it. I can I can send it your way. Um, what I found is that you can use that to try and drive signups, but it actually ends up driving a ton of really good traffic. Just people clicking, you know, they'll see the the card and then they'll click on your uh, bio, and you don't have to pay for when people click or retweet. It's only when they they click the you know give this person my email address. So it ends up being pretty expensive 
when somebody actually gives you their email address, but the cost per visit is actually lower, if that makes sense. You end up getting, you know, the signups for free in a sense. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd certainly be interested in taking a look at that blog post. So, I mean, if you could possibly email that afterwards, I'll also include it um, within the show notes of uh, this episode. Will do. Great stuff. My number one takeaway. Well, you've offered a, a lot of great advice crammed into half an hour of our conversation there, but what would you say is the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement within their own businesses? Uh, you know, be data-driven. Oh, you said single most, so it's be data-driven. This is just a compound sentence. Well, that's it then. No. <laughs> from the perspective of, of the new user, right? So it's, uh, it's really empathized with people who have no idea uh, why you're awesome and, and look at the world from their perspective and, and help them figure out uh, why you're awesome as quickly as possible. And that will quickly increase your conversion rates. Indeed. Great piece of advice. Um, well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time um, and your advice. But what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Well, you can certainly visit payboard.com or you can follow uh, on Twitter at payboard. Uh, sorry, not payboard.com, just at payboard. At payboard on Twitter and, and payboard.com if you want to visit your website. That's so. correct. Great. Okay. Well, thank you again. Hey, thank you so much, David. This is wonderful. I had a slightly different out, outro there in mind, but um, uh, th that was one way to do it. So um, I just want to say quickly, so thank you, dear listener, as well. Um, if you'd like what you've heard, um, I'd really appreciate your feedback. So just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes, and please leave an honest rating and review there. It'd be absolutely fab fabulous to, to hear from you. Uh, and of course, it would help to increase the uh, ranking ratings uh, within the store there as well. Uh, also, finally, um, I'm also hosting a brand new live show every Friday now, called This Week in Organic. So just head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more. So that's all for now. Until we get meet again, adios. Thanks again, Matt. Awesome.